0: Welcome to Active Christianity's Living the Gospel podcast. Join us as we talk about how we can live the Gospel every day, no matter who we are, where we live, and what our circumstances are.
1: Welcome to another episode of Living the Gospel. I am Eunice here with
0: Malenka and Vern.
1: And we're back with part two of What Does the Bible Say About Victory Over Sin?
0: That's right. Last week we talked about this topic, and we had so much to say that we really had to round off.
1: Okay. So after reading all these verses, Vern, what convinced you that victory over sin is possible? Well, it, it really it, you have to say, it really was the word of God what said that, what it was what the word of God said, and the testimony of the Spirit in my own heart that this was my calling. But uh it was certainly a battle for me to come to faith that victory over sin was possible for me personally. And that's because I tried and I failed. I tried and I failed. And uh, oftentimes I only saw my own weaknesses and shortcomings. Uh, and that's the truth. That's how we are as people. We're quite weak as people when it comes to con- continually saying no to our own self-will and yes to God's will. And if, if we have only our own strength in the battle against sin— then it really would be impossible to come to a life of constant victory. And uh, for me, it seemed that many times it did seem totally impossible. But again, when I would read the Word of God, it spoke to me that He will give us grace to help us and strengthen us in the battle so that we can come to a life of victory over sin. And there are different definitions of grace and uh, theological definitions and all that, but someone quite simply once described grace for me as all the help, all the power, and absolutely everything a person needs to be thoroughly saved. Saved from sinning, saved to the uttermost, as it's written. The Possible to live a victory, a life of victory, in victory over sin by grace. And under, that understanding of grace, I had never quite understood it that way before, and that's been a real help to me. Because it takes my weakness out of the picture and brings God's mighty power, which is available to each and every one of us by grace, into the picture. Hmm. So I'd have to say that actually coming to faith in the Word of God's grace is what convinced me. Paul, he writes in Ephesians that by grace we are saved through faith. So in a way, it's not our own efforts. It's not because, oh, I'm so good and I'm so holy and I can manage this. Not at all. It's It's by getting grace over our lives and through faith. I have to believe in that grace and then humble myself and acknowledge, yeah, I need help. Mm-hmm. I need a Savior. I, I also like very much what, uh, what, Paul wrote, what what Paul writes that Jesus appeared to him and said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And mm-hmm. think, there where I'm weak, there where I can't manage to live a life of victory over sin, then I have to come to faith in that grace that's made perfect that the grace that makes the power of God perfect mm. in my weakness. His power, God's power made perfect in your life as a young person. For me that was that was, that has been a huge help mm. to think about. And that's really an important point
0: that it is God's power made perfect in my weakness, because then it's not mixed with anything that I've managed to do myself. No. So all the glory has to go to God. Yes. And, and then the victory doesn't come to someone who's, who's really talented and really, really, um, by nature, such a kind person and so on. That's not where the victory lies. The victory lies in my weakness, in the fact that I'm being tempted right now to this sin. That's where sin gets overcome. And if I stop relying on my own strength or weakness, rather, that's how we experience it, and my inability to overcome, then God can come in. And then I can, by obeying Him and trusting Him, that's where the victory takes place. And we really have to look at it like that, because in reality, we will experience that we are totally useless when it comes to this. We cannot overcome in our own strength. Uh, We're too weak. And yeah. we will experience that. We can go on for a while, maybe with our talents and so on, but we meet the we meet the point where we can't go on anymore in our own strength, mm-hmm. and that's where God comes into the picture.
1: Yeah, exactly. I that's that's like you hit the nail right on the head for my for my own life personally. I you know I I believed in victory over sin, and I believed in grace and uh, in that, and that okay, I was weak, but God would be strong, but. I still didn't manage it until that day when I came face-to-face with my own weakness and said, You know, God, it's really impossible. It is absolutely impossible for me to live a life of victory over sin. And uh, I remember my whole world just crashed down, and I thought, this is it. This is the end of it. Like, I can't go on being a Christian because I can't live this life. Hmm. Just impossible for me. And uh, I remember weeping and uh, and then suddenly a verse came to me, just just a few words. By grace, you are saved. And I thought, what? By grace, I'm saved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By grace, I'm saved. <laughs> My weakness doesn't mean anything. That I can't manage it doesn't mean anything. By grace, I'm saved. And I... I I grabbed a hold of that verse, and I held it, held very firmly to it, and that verse has uh, brought me through battle after battle after battle after battle, still the same weak, wretched creature as yeah. before, mm. but full of faith in one word of God, that grace would save me, yeah. and that grace has saved me.
0: So what you're saying there is that the grace is not limited to forgiveness of sin. Grace goes further than that.
1: Yes, much further, yeah, yes. Yeah, and uh, Titus writes about that. Right. He writes about the grace that instructs us, he says, to live a godly life. He says uh, he says there, the grace that brings salvation and teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. That's the grace, <laughs> the true grace yeah, that we're called to live in. Right. That's
0: interesting. I was just thinking of this verse in First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, "There no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it." This verse could almost seem like We've got enough strength to overcome temptation, but, and God knows mm-hmm. that, and He won't let us be tempted more than that. But I think each one of us will have to say, have to admit, that there are many times in our life where we have actually come to our limits, and it's been more than we are able. What do you think yes. about that, Vin?
1: <laughs> yes, I think that's a very interesting verse. And uh, yes, I have to say I've experienced it exactly that way, that I've been many times tempted over what I myself am able to bear, But I know God's Word is true, always true, and that it's just my own understanding It needs to be corrected. So I really prayed to God to give me light over this verse, that I could understand it. And and the revelation that I got was that this verse has absolutely nothing to do with the boundaries that we have as people. It has nothing to do with what I can bear as a human. Because if if that was the case, then none of us would ever be tempted— beyond what we could bear in our own human strength. And the fact is, we we can't bear hardly anything in our own human strength. (laughs) Uh, And then there wouldn't be any progress, right? There wouldn't be any development at all. Mm. You would continue this as the same person the rest of your life. And we wouldn't need God either wouldn 't we could do it ourselves wouldn 't need grace wouldn 't need a savior wouldn 't be much of a battle or much of a temptation because you 're not really tempted beyond what you 're able hmm. well, so after I asked god for 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 revelation over this verse, then three words in that verse actually became a lie for me that i had, I had read many times but hadn 't really seen that says there that and God is faithful hmm. and God is faithful and those verses sudden those three words suddenly lit up for me: God is faithful this verse Is not in any way about what we can bear in our own human strength, but what we can bear when we come to faith in God who is faithful, in God's mighty power to save us. He will give me grace to bear the unbearable. So, many Christians, they only look at their weakness in the time of temptation, and that's why they fall. But a Christian who's come to faith in grace that can save them from falling chooses to look up only upon that grace in the time of temptation. It's still a battle, it's still a fight, but by grace, we will be saved. I struggled in certain areas for many, many years to get victory, but on the same day that I came to faith in God's grace that could save me, I came, in that very instant, I came to a life of victory, hmm. constant victory.
0: Hmm. That's really amazing that, uh, that we actually can come to such a life. Uh, so we've talked a lot about this now, that we, we believe in victory. It's something that God wants for us, but how... When we come to the practical life, how do we actually overcome?
1: Yeah, the, the mind to suffer in the flesh, Peter writes that, 1 Peter 4, 1-2. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. It says here this is actually a weapon. It says to arm yourself with this mindset to suffer uh, in the flesh, and uh, like Malenko spoke earlier, to to really bind your thoughts to the Word of God there in this in the time of temptation, and don't give yourself to that what you're tempted to. Um, that is the way a person overcomes. Nobody likes to suffer. It doesn't it? Doesn't feel good for any of us, when we have, when we suffer. But the end result is that we become more like Jesus when our own self-will is denied and poured out in life's situations so that the will of God can be done instead. And as an example, for example, I'm in a difficult conversation, but I consciously choose not to let anger or frustration get the best of me and take over control in the conversation. That's what suffering the flesh means. It means that my own will, what wants to come out there in the situation, is not allowed to come out. Something always helps me, too, is to remember what's written, where it says, Here I am, as Jesus said, Here I am to do your will, O God. And that act of surrendering myself to God in the time of temptation, especially when I feel so weak, uh, and in that way, that's, that's really what it means to choose to suffer rather than to sin. And then little by little, sin loses its power over me, and my strong nature slowly goes into death. And to have that goal before me in the daily life. You wake up in the morning, yeah, what's your goal? Oh, get to the job, go through school. And uh, what about ceasing from sin and living a victorious Mm. life and have that as my goal? Then I, I willingly choose to suffer. It's not a heavy thing. It's also written about Jesus. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. When I have that joy of being like Jesus, and being a new creation, living a life of victory over sin. When I have that joy before me, then uh, it's, it's the sufferings the, the, it gives you, the, it gives me the strength mm. to hold out and not give in, and, and to suffer rather than sin. Yeah, we could also say this life that we've been talking about now. Here, to arm yourself with a mind to suffer in the flesh, that's the same thing as taking up your cross daily. And Jesus, He exhorted all of His, He, he said, He would come after me, let him deny Himself, take up His cross daily, and follow me. That's the, to arm myself with that mind to suffer in the in the situations of life. Hmm.
0: And if you follow Jesus, you come to where He is. And yeah. where is He today? He's sitting there at the right, right. hand yeah. of the yeah. Father yeah. as an overcomer yeah. who conquered death.
1: Yeah.
0: Death couldn't hold him because he had conquered sin. Yeah. And that's what he says. If you want to follow me, do what I did. Deny yourself, yeah. take up your cross. And this is, of course, this figurative cross that we're talking about, where sin in my life, the temptation to sin, is crucified and is not allowed to rule. Right. When I do that, then I overcome. Then I overcome. And then I yeah. end up where Jesus is. Isn't that yeah. amazing?
1: Ah, it really <laughs> is an amazing life. So you can
0: think, okay. This is a life of suffering. It's a life of denying myself, taking up my cross, battling, not doing what I want. And it can sound very dismal. The, the opposite is in fact true. Because giving in to sin actually makes me unhappy. It breaks down relationships. It never satisfies. It's uh, it's this egotism that is never, never yeah. enough. So, right. when we actually come to this life of overcoming, then we actually receive incredible promises, uh, it's, and we're not talking about only promises sometime in the future in eternity, but we're talking about our life here. Mm-hmm. It's written there in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. but the fruit of the spirit, so this is the this is the fruit of living according to the spirit and the fruit of that is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And then it says in the next verse, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It goes straight back to it, overcoming sin. And this is the promise you get. And if you've got these in your life and they increase, just imagine what your life's going to be like, your relationships, love and joy and peace and long-suffering and your own, you come to this rest, you know, this is, this is a result, it's a fruit, it's not yeah. something that is like full, full grown on the first day that you start this life, but no. it starts, it's a little seed that starts growing.
1: And then the book of Revelation, the first chapters 2 and 3 are full of, and of, of exhortations and, pro, but, and also promises. To each of the seven churches, he writes, to he who overcomes, in verse 21, to him who overcomes. I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame Hmm. and sat down with my Father on his throne. Hmm. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches.
0: Hmm. It's really interesting. It says that all these letters or these exhortations to these different churches, it was full of things that they also should be doing. And then it says, to him who overcomes, then comes the promise, and then comes the words he who has an ear, let him hear yeah. what the Spirit says to the churches. Yeah. And the Spirit speaks about overcoming. Yes. The Spirit speaks about this life of following Jesus, taking up our cross, denying ourselves, and overcoming. And, and it speaks to the promises. Yes. So we have to have this ear to hear that. Yeah. This is what the Spirit saying to us. And
1: that's so important, especially for a young Christian that mm. falls, because all they hear is the accuser, right? right? Oh, you fell, you fell. And it's not right. It's not going to go well for you. It's not going mm. to succeed. And you read these strong exhortations of some of these churches, and it's, uh, you think, wow, that must have been hard to swallow. But, and I'm sure it was. But then Jesus, He also comes, just as you say, Malenko, He also came with a future and a hope. Right. He who overcomes not in his own strength, not by his own own power, but by the grace that's available through faith in Jesus. He who overcomes, he shall obtain the promises.
0: And no matter who they were or what they'd done, the exhortation came, he who overcomes. So, it's a possibility. It's there. We have to grasp it. We have to trust God, believe in Him, obey Him, and then He will give us the victory. Yes. Yeah.
1: If if you're listening now and you're thinking, well, is it really possible? Or, you know, I'm not quite sure. Why don't you just try it? You know, go go ahead and take one word of God and hold on to that in your temptations, like we mm. heard. Bind bind your mind to God's word and see if it works.
0: Right, and pray about it. Mm. Like you don't have to do this in your own strength. In fact, you can't. So <laughs> we need to pray. Yeah go and pray and and God he wants to help you. Jesus is that's what he came for. That's why he died for us. Oh. He he did this so that we should be able to follow him. So he, of course he wants to help you and he will send the holy spirit to help. So pray and start doing it. Mm. Yeah. And then and then then we'll experience that it, we can overcome. And not only that but we do overcome and we start reaping these fruits of the spirit.
1: Yes, and yeah. so I would say one yeah. of the things to pray for is a spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that whenever you read the Word, the Spirit that's in there, the Spirit becomes alive for you, because that's what makes the Word living for me in my situations. And then when I get connection with the Spirit in the Word of God, then I really have a power I can draw upon, mm. something to really bind my, my thoughts yeah. and my mind firmly to in the time of temptation. And I highly encourage you to underline those verses that you sense, wow, look at this. It, becomes, it gets power from that verse. And uh, underline them in your in your Bible for several reasons. One is that uh, they're easy to find. Secondly, you'll see that wow, the Word of God speaks over and over about the coming to a life of victory over sin. And then, if your faith is failing, pull out your Bible, find that verse. Oh, there, and it's underlined, so it stands out, or it's highlighted, so it stands out for you. And read it, and read it, and read it, and, read it, and speak it to yourself, and speak it to yourself, and speak it to yourself until you sense, okay, yeah, my faith, I I. That's what the word of God says. I'm going to bind my thoughts to this word of God, and I'm going to hold fat firmly here, and I'm not going to give in because the word of God says, and I believe in grace that can save me, mm-hmm. and that it says that God, He is the God of all grace. That's how the Bible uh, that's what refers to Him, the God of all grace. I, I I thought I was the weakest person on the planet, I, and I probably was, uh, but. Uh, What does that have to do when you have to deal with the God of all grace? How much grace do you need? He's the God of all grace. And that's been a huge help to me to think think that way too. All grace sufficient for me. It's in the Word of God. I just have to lay hold of it and buy my thoughts there and fight to the bitter end, not letting go of the Word of God.
0: Hmm. On that note, I don't think we can end on a better note. (laughs) <laughs> so I think we'll end here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much, Fern, for coming to the studio today. This has been an r- incredible encouragement for me personally. Thanks for having me. So, everybody, we wish you a really a victorious week. Go there and uh, start working with this, and uh, it will be a really good week. So thanks, everyone. Remember to tune in next week. Until then, bye then. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 bye.